Morning, Dad. You are everything we ever wanted in a dad. You're strong, powerful, and you love us. Good morning. Jesus, you're our big brother. You go first. You protect us. You're amazing. Thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you for moving in and giving us the desire and power to follow after Jesus. Thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Your kingdom come. King Jesus, we want to follow you. We want to follow you. Holy Spirit, help us to follow King Jesus this week. Holy Spirit, help us to spread the gospel of the kingdom around the earth this week. King Jesus, we look forward to that day when you come back and your kingdom is here in all of its fullness. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit, give us the desire and power to follow Jesus now. May people see how different our lives are because Jesus has moved in. Give us this day our daily bread. You know our financial needs as individuals and as families and as a church meet our needs, our financial needs, all of our physical needs. Oh, and our relational needs, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. We confess our sins to you. Forgive us. And as you have forgiven us so much, help us to forgive those that have wronged us. Lead us not in temptation, but but deliver us from evil. We need you, Lord. May you deliver us from the evil that's within us, our flesh. Deliver us from the flesh. Deliver us from the world that's always trying to squeeze us into its mold. We experience such pressure. Keep us from giving in this week. Deliver us from the evil one who's always trying to deceive us. We do pray as we open your word together today that you would teach us. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you're new, we believe that the Bible is God's word. And when we gather together, we love to open it up and read it. I would encourage you to bring a Bible with you. And uh, a good way to listen is to open up God's word to the passage we're going to look at, which is in 1 Peter today. But I'm going to move all over the place. You probably won't be able to find those places. You can follow them on the screen. But it's good to have God's word in front of us. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Since you have an obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Recently, I was watching a movie on Netflix called Seven Yards. Uh, Seven Yards, it was about a football player in college who was involved in a violent collision and he was paralyzed. And after he was paralyzed, I saw the most amazing thing. I saw his buddies 
They bathed him. They clothed him. They fed him. They brushed his teeth. And when I saw that, I thought, guys, don't do that. You couldn't pay guys to do it, but do you know why they did it? Why did they do that? Why? Because they, they loved him. The most powerful force in the universe is not fear, it is love. I watched guys do things guys don't normally do because they loved their budding. Listen, what would enable us to follow Jesus in an increasingly hostile culture? Only one thing, and that is love. What would motivate us to reserve sex for marriage? What would motivate us to do that? It's only one thing. It's love, right? What would motivate us? What would motivate us to, <clears throat> to stay married even when it's really, really hard? Isn't it only love? What would motivate us? What would motivate us to take risks to share the gospel? What would motivate us to lead a small group week after week after week? What would motivate us to make disciples what would motivate us? Only one force powerful enough, and that is love. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. Uh, the, the point of today's message is that a disciple has three great loves. A disciple has three great loves. If you're new, we're on a disciple-making adventure. It's, it's a few years old, and, and our purpose as a church is to make disciples together. And so we asked the question, what's a disciple? And we said a disciple is a a follower of Jesus, a disciple follows Jesus. And then we ask, well, what does that look like? How do you spot a disciple? A dis disciple loves Jesus. How do you know you, you're a disciple because you love Jesus? A disciple loves one another. A disciple loves the lost. This year we're walking through 1 Peter, and here's why. Because we're living in a culture that's becoming increasingly hostile toward Christians. Do you feel that? And what we're seeking to do is we want to equip you. We want to equip you to follow Jesus in an increasingly hostile culture. And there's only one thing powerful enough to enable us to follow Jesus in a hostile culture, and that's that we love him, that we love one another, that we love the lost. So that's what we're going to be exploring from the passage today, that a disciple has three great loves. Where does that love come from? Where does that love come from? We're going to see that the Word and the Spirit, the Bible and the Holy Spirit work together to produce in us that great love for Jesus, for one another and the lost. It's the Bible, it's the Word and the Spirit that first leads us to Christ, isn't it? Look at verse 23. For you have been, what's the word you have been? Born again. You know why you were born again? Because you were spiritually dead. You've been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. If you're a Christian, you're a Christian because Jesus loved you so much that he sent someone to share with you the gospel, the word of God. But not only did he send someone to share, he sent the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit to raise you from the dead because you never would have come to faith in Christ on your own. So he sent someone to share the word and, and, uh, and the Holy Spirit to, to raise you from the dead, to open your blind eyes so you could see Jesus, to open your, your ears so you could hear, to loosen your tongue so that you could confess Christ, to soften your hard heart so that when you saw Jesus, you would say, yes. And perhaps, perhaps you've not yet come to faith in Christ, and that's why you're here today, because the Spirit and the Word are drawing you to Jesus. So what is the Word? 
What is the word, the gospel, that, that the Holy Spirit uses to draw us to faith in Christ? In Romans chapter 3, we see the, the gospel. Will you read verse 23 with me? Listen, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, I want you to see that's the bad news of the gospel. Look at it very carefully. The Bible says we have a sin problem, not a skin problem. Do you see that? We have a sin problem, not a skin problem. We live in a culture that critical race theory is, is spreading throughout our country that says that we have a skin problem. People of a certain skin color are the problem and other people are not. And the Bible says, no, no, we don't have a skin problem. We have a sin problem. It's true of all of us and it's especially true of me. There's no one more sinful, more flawed than I am. But it's a universal problem. We all have a sin problem. You say, well, what is sin? It's a crime against God. We push God away and say, God, we will do life our way. And that's true of all of us. And because we've done that, we're all in big trouble. So what is it that unites all people together? What unites all of us together is we all have a sin problem. You know what else unites us all together? We all need a Savior. All of us need a Savior. And that's exactly what we have in Jesus. The bad news is in verse 23. Then we move to the good news, being justified. You ever wanted to be right with God? Being justified, made right with God as a gift. You don't have to work for it. It's a gift by His grace. His love for people who didn't deserve it through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Do you know who Jesus is? Jesus is God the Son who put on flesh to make things right between you and God. God the Son put on flesh and lived a perfect life for you and me so he could make things right between us and God, whom God displayed publicly as a... Will you say that for me? Can you say that? Propitiation. You say, propiti what? You know what that word means, propitiation? It, it means to appease the wrath of God. It means to appease the wrath of God that we had said to God over and over again, no, no, no. And listen, God is slow to anger, but he, but, he, but he gets angry. And God says that our sin deserves death. And so Jesus came to experience the wrath of God for us so we wouldn't have to. As a propitiation in his blood through faith, he took on the cross what we deserve. This was to demonstrate his righteousness. Because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. What is the God of the Bible like? He's just. He can't just wink at sin and say it doesn't matter. But he's love. He's the justifier. He's made a way for people like you and me, for all people who have sinned. He's made a way for us to be right with God. It was his son, Jesus, volunteering for the mission. Jesus went to the cross, and, and he took on him the penalty that our sins deserve. I want you to know that what God did on the cross, that's what all of us deserve. When, when, when the Father put Jesus to death on the cross, he said this is what all of our sins deserve. He had passed over sins, but on the cross he dealt with sin as sin deserved. And so I want you to know that every sin will be punished either in Jesus on the cross once and for all or in us in hell forever. So Jesus took our sins. 
He died in our place. He experienced the wrath of God for us. He died. He really did die. But on the third day, he rose from the grave. And when he walked out of the grave, that was the proof that he had conquered sin and death, and they could hold him no more. And he offers us, see the word justifier? Do you know what that means? It means the moment we put our faith in Jesus, then all of our sins are given to Jesus and we're forgiven. Anybody in here like to be forgiven? Anybody? Isn't that a great thing? But not only that, that he gives us the righteousness of Christ. He gives us Jesus' righteousness so that from that day forward, our standing before God is not based on our performance, but on his. I mean, come on. When you stand before God, would you rather have his record or your record? Which one? Hmm? Wouldn't you rather have his? So how are, can a person be just with God? How can be, we be right with God? It said he's the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Listen, do you have saving faith? Saving faith really is simple. It's as simple as ABC where we admit and believe and commit. Saving faith begins when we admit. Jesus, not just other people, but I've sinned against you. Won't you? And then we believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And then we commit to Jesus as Savior and Lord. Jesus, I want you to forgive me and give me eternal life and give me your righteousness. I have none. And we say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. And if you've never done that, won't you do that now? Won't you admit and believe and commit? If you need some help as I, as I close in prayer, I'd be glad to assist you in that, okay? But oh, if you've done that, listen, all your sins have been given to Jesus and you're forgiven. Won't you where you are to say, thank you, Jesus, won't you? Come on, thank you, Jesus. And you know what else? He's given you his righteousness. Won't you say thank you? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man, I am so thankful to be forgiven, aren't you? Are you guys there? Are you thankful? Yes. Are you thankful to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ? Are you? Yes. So listen, the Word and the Spirit, they work together. They work together to lead us in Christ. And then the Word and the Spirit work together to produce in us the three great laws of a love for Jesus and a love for one another and a love for the lost. Let me show you how the Word plays a part in that. Look at verse 22. Since you have an obedience to the... Man, aren't you glad there's truth? Aren't you? We hear so many voices in our culture, and you say, I just want to know the truth. We have it in God's Word. We can pick up God's Word, and we can know the truth. Where did we come from? What's right? What's wrong? Where are we going? It's all in His Word. Verse 23, for you have been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. God's word is living and enduring. All flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Isn't it great that we can build our lives on a foundation that never changes? I mean, things, just think, things a few years ago that were unthinkable, things that were unthinkable now are accepted, right? And, and things that were once, like things that everybody believed, now have become unthinkable. So how do you know what to believe? How do you know we have God's Word? Um, the living and enduring Word of God. 
but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. Now, look at verse 2. Like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word. Uh, we have God's word. Uh, and I had this great saying, and it just escaped my mind, but it was things that were once unthinkable are now, okay, it's gone. But anyway, my mind comes and goes, but God's word endures forever, okay? <laughs> Listen, that's God's word. What about the Spirit? What about the Spirit? Remember how we started the study of 1 Peter back in chapter 1, or in chapter 1, verse 1? Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled with his blood. Remember how we learned that God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit worked together to save us? The Father planned out our salvation. The Son carried it out, and the Spirit applies us. Remember how we learned that we were chosen by Jesus to obey Jesus Christ. Remember how we learned that Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit to give us the desire and power to walk like Jesus walked. It's the Holy Spirit that takes the Word of God and, and moves us to obey Jesus. And then remember how we read more about the Holy Spirit as we read verses 10 through 12. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. The Holy Spirit inspired men to write about Jesus who hadn't come yet. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you in these things, which now have been announced to you, that those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which the angels long to look. So, so the Holy Spirit leads us to Christ and then moves into us and shows us Christ in his word. Look how he loves you. Look how he loves you. Look how he loves you. And as the Holy Spirit shows us Christ in his word, he wells up within us those three great loves, the love of Jesus and the love of one another and the love of the lost. I remember, like it was yesterday, the day I came to faith in Christ. And it was amazing. When I came to faith in Christ, there was in me a new love. I loved Jesus. Didn't you? And I had a new love for one another. Didn't you? And I had a love for lost people. Didn't you? And I still do. Do you? Speaking of the love of Jesus, when I came to faith in Christ, the Spirit of God and the Word of God produced in me a, a love of Jesus that began to change my life. He changed my want to. So there were things that I began to put off. Isn't that what it says in 2 verse 1? Therefore, putting aside all, there were things that used to taste good that don't taste good anymore. Before I came to faith in Christ, I would always go and get drunk with my buddies, and, and I came to faith in Christ, and then my buddies invited me to go drinking with them. And, and I remember going back out after I became a Christian, drinking with my buddies, and I got drank, drunk like I did before. But know what had changed? I had changed, and I didn't enjoy it anymore, and I didn't do it anymore. Know why? Because it didn't taste good anymore. I had been changed, right? I had been changed by the Spirit of God. Oh, 
But listen, words that used to come out of my mouth, I didn't want to say them anymore. You know why? Because they didn't taste good in my mouth anymore. I was being changed by the Word of God and the Spirit of God and a love of Jesus. And there were things that I put off, right? Isn't that what it says? Putting aside all malice. Listen, wishing that other people would get what they deserve. I, I didn't want that so much anymore because I was so thankful I didn't get what I deserve. Are you glad you didn't get what you deserve? So, so why are we always insisting that other people get what they deserve? All malice and all deceit. Man, I, I used to sneak in places and lie and cheat and steal. and They didn't taste good anymore. And, and so I began to put those things off in hypocrisy. That was harder than some other things. <laughs> you know, before I became a Christian with the people I hung out with, I would pretend to be worse than I was so that my friends would like me because I was kind of a people pleaser. And then I became a Christian, and then I pretended what? I pretended to be better than I was because I thought my new friends would like me then. And, and I'm learning Jesus is crazy about me, so I don't have to worry so much what others think. But laying aside hypocrisy and envy, boy, uh, that's a still a work in progress. You know, I can't talk today. I'm still working on that. And all slander. So listen, that love of Jesus produced in me by the Word and by the Spirit, there were certain things that didn't taste good anymore, and I began to put them off. But the Word and the Spirit gave me a new hunger, and one of those hungers was for His Word. Um, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the Word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you've tasted the kindness of the Lord. Listen, God's Word tasted good. And I love to go to Young Life and to hear my Young Life leader teach me about Jesus. And I love to go to church and hear the Word of God. And someone gave me a Bible, and I began to read it, and every page was about Jesus. I loved His Word because I loved Jesus. Do you? Ten years after I became a Christian, ten years after I became a Christian, um, a friend of mine and I, we were, we, we were invited to go to Ohio and share our testimony. And my friend said, I was really, really bad, I was really, really bad, and then I met Jesus. That was it. And I thought, wow, my story is so different. So different. I was really, really bad, I was really, really bad, and then I met Jesus, and I'm still really, really bad. But oh... I love Jesus. Life is so much better with Jesus. Listen, when I came to faith in Christ, there was a wow. Was that true with you? And I want you to know that 10 years after I met Jesus, there was still a wow. Is that true of you? Have you, have you lost your wow? I mean, sometimes, sometimes I hear married people say, and they'll say, listen, the best day of my life was the day I married my spouse. And I want that's pretty good because you could say a whole lot worse, right? <laughs> but you know how I would phrase that? I have never been more in love with my wife than I am today. We've been married over 39 years. We've had six kids together. We've been through so many things together. Listen, I have never lost my wow. I can't believe who I'm married to. Wouldn't that be better? Listen, I've been walking with Jesus 
for over 50 years. I've never lost my well, have you? How could he love me, right? How could he love me? But he does. He does. Listen, when I first became a Christian, I thought there were two or three things I did that bugged Jesus. And once I took care of those, I'd be like perfect. But listen, since then, he's exposed so many things in my life. I see so much more of my sinfulness. I see so much more of his love for me. I understand so much more of the sacrifice he made for me. I'm way more in love with him today than when I met him. Aren't you? Listen, have you lost your wow? Be careful. If you've lost the wow of how much Jesus loves you and you love him, you won't be prepared to follow him in a hostile culture. You won't. But listen, if you love him, if you're filled with a wow You'll be ready, okay? Oh, listen. The Word and the Spirit produced in me a love for Jesus. It's still there. A love for one another. It's still there. It's still there. Is it with you? Look back in verse 22. Since you have an obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. See what he's talking about there? He's talking about in the church, one another. Fervently love one another from the heart. The reason we make a second love to love one another is the Bible calls us to love our neighbor and the Bible calls us to love our enemy, but there's a special love we're to have for one another. Know what happened to me when I met Jesus? My attitude toward Christians changed because I realized these are his brothers and sisters and that Jesus loved them. And I love them, not because they were lovely, but because they're his brothers and sisters and because they're precious to him, they're precious to me, right? Oh, didn't we learn that reading through Acts, didn't we? Remember? Remember Saul's conversion? Remember that? That Saul's going along, bright light, and Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting? What? Me. Did you hear that? He didn't say... Why are you persecuting my people? He said, why are you persecuting me? Would we treat one another differently if we realized each other were Jesus' brothers and sisters? I know, I know some of you say, but, but Smiley, there are so many flaws and good news, and I want you to know for every flaw you see in our church, I see 10. I do. For every flaw you see, I see 10. But I want you to know why I love his church. I love his church because we are the bride of Christ. That's why. Because Jesus is madly in love with his bride. Now listen, can you imagine telling a friend, please don't do this. Can you imagine telling a friend, you know, I really like you, but your bride I can't stand. How do you think he would, what do you think he'd think about that? But how many people say that to Jesus? Oh, I love you, Jesus. Just your bride I think is just awful. Now, Husbands, please, please don't do this, okay? Don't do this. Um, can, you, can you imagine telling your wife, I love you, but your body repulses me? Wouldn't that be like the worst thing ever? But isn't that exactly what people say about Jesus? Oh, I love you, Jesus. It's just, it's just your body. It's your body I can't stand. No, I love the church because Jesus loves the church. Listen, not because she's beautiful, but because she is loved by Jesus. I love the church because the church is his body. And with all of her flaws, with all of her flaws, she's still the best hope for the world today. Hmm. No, I love the church 
Because I need the church. You know why I love the church? Because I'm needed in the church. Do you know why you should love the church? Because you're needy. That's why you need a church. And you know why you should love the church? Because you're needed. Do you know it matters whether you're here or not? Do you know it matters whether you're in small group or not? It matters to you, but do you ever think of how much it means to others when you're not there? Listen to what the Bible says in Hebrews 10. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Not forsaking our own, assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Oh, I love Sunday. I come to be encouraged and to encourage. Do you? I love my small group. I love gathering because I need to be encouraged, and I encourage. I have lunch with so many people. It's so good because we encourage each other. And listen, we, we gather to encourage and be encouraged. Listen, why not try this when you gather together? I mean, it says we're supposed to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Why not ask each other, how's your love for Jesus? How's your love for Jesus? Have you lost your wow? How's your love for one another? How is it? Have you lost your wow? How's your love for lost people? How is it? Have you lost your wow? Have you? Isn't that why we gather together to restore our wow, isn't it? Listen, the Word and the Spirit work together to produce in us a love for Jesus, a wow, a love for one another, a wow, a love for the lost. Man, the day I met Christ, as I am celebrating how thankful I am to be saved, to be forgiven, to be able to do life in eternity with Jesus, I thought of my friends, didn't you? I thought of my friends who didn't yet know him, and I wanted to see them come too. Isn't that true of you? And it's still true. Every time I drive through my neighborhood or I see people, I want them to know Jesus, don't you? Oh, Jesus, right before he ascends into heaven in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Are you a Christian? You've been given the Holy Spirit, and here's why. Uh, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit shows us the wow of Jesus and, and so that we want to go and share that with others, that they might share our wow, right? And you shall be my witnesses. We're to call, be a witness of how amazing Jesus is, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. <laughs> I'd been a Christian about three or four months uh, three months probably, and it was like one week after the last time I got drunk. And my pastor, where I was going to church, said, Smiley, it's really good. It's really good that you're, you're going to heaven. But what about all the middle schoolers in St. Augustine are going to hell? Why don't you develop a middle school ministry to share the gospel with them? And know what I began to do each week? I began to share the gospel with lost people. And I had the time of my life that Jesus could use someone as flawed as me to change people's eternal destinies. And I've been doing that for over 50 years, and I have never lost the wow. There is nothing that I don't enjoy more than having lunch with someone or being in their living room and sharing the gospel with them, the bad news and the good news, and inviting them to respond and see dead people come to life. Have you lost the wow have you, have you lost the wow of loving the lost? Won't you ask the Holy Spirit to restore your wow? The only way we'll be prepared to follow Jesus in a hostile culture is, is when we have the wow, the wow of loving Jesus, the wow of loving one another, the wow 
of loving the lost. So a disciple has three great loves, three great wows. So let's turn a corner here and, 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 and let's go to the action step for this week. What I want you to do is to cultivate your three great loves this week, to, to think of the three great loves and to cultivate them because I want you to know that love needs to be cultivated. Love needs to be cultivated. Some of the saddest words that anyone ever hears is when their spouse says, what, I don't love you anymore. I do a lot of weddings. I do a lot of weddings. And when people get married, they are so in love. It's such a wow event. So what happens? How does someone go from wow to I don't love you anymore? You know what happens? They don't cultivate their love. They don't cultivate their love. Listen, I'm a pastor. Oh, I, 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 I see new people join Good News, and they're so excited. They're so excited. And then, you know, there comes a time and they say, you know, Smiley, I don't love Good News anymore. You know why? Because they didn't cultivate their love. But the saddest of all is to hear someone say, I don't love Jesus anymore. Oh, to see people profess faith in Christ and they're so in love with him. But you know what happens? They don't cultivate their love. They don't cultivate their wow. And listen, their love goes away. So here's how I want you to cultivate your love. I think, first of all, we need to ask ourselves, how is my love? How is my love? How is my love for Jesus? Was there ever a time I was more in love with Jesus than I am today? And if that's true, be careful. Be careful. How's my love for one another? Was there ever a time I was more in love than today? If it's true, be careful. How is my love for lost people? If you've lost it, cultivate your love. And listen, if, if, if you've never been more in love, keep cultivating your love. You say how? Remember the word in the Spirit, the word in the Spirit. Look at verse 2. Like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Somehow kids know they need milk to grow, right? Oh, listen, <laughs> we had six kids, and, and Karen nursed them, and, and boy, kids love milk, don't they? I have one son who will remain unnamed to protect the guilty. But nobody would do to Karen. He would chase her around the house saying, Nurse, nurse, nurse. Wouldn't that be great if that's what Sunday morning was like? God's people came because they craved God's word. They desired God's word more than anything in the world. And when they came, when they came, they prayed, Holy Spirit, help me to see how loved I am. Wouldn't it be great if that's what small group night was like for us, that as we're going, we were so excited because we got to gather together. We craved and delighted in opening up God's Word together. What if when our alarm went off in the morning, just like the sun was following, carrying around nurse, nurse, what if we got up in the morning and the great longing and craving of our heart was to meet with Jesus in the Word and to pray, Holy Spirit, help me to see how loved I am. <laughs> um, in 1 John 4, 19, I, I love this verse. We love because he first loved us. Listen, we can only love when we've been loved, okay? 
And we can only love to the extent that we've been loved. So if we want to love Jesus, if we want the wow, we need to let him love us first. And if we want to love one another, we need to let him love us first so we can love one another. And if we want to love the lost, we need to let him love us so we can. And as we spend time with Jesus and we ask the Holy Spirit, help us to experience how loved we are, then we get up, right? What would it look like to love Jesus, to have the wow restored? We, wouldn't we go through the day saying, listen, I'm forgiven, and that's so good. Uh, listen, I get to do life with Jesus. How amazing is that? I get to do eternity with Jesus. I get, I get to worship Jesus. I get to spend time with Jesus. I get to follow Jesus. How amazing is that? Wow. Wouldn't our life be different? Loving one another. I get to gather with my brothers and sisters. I get to gather with like-minded people and hear God's word. I get to gather with one another and encourage and be encouraged. I can't believe I get to do this. Our love for the lost people. Listen, I get to do this. I can't believe that I get to share the good news with people. I get to partner with Jesus to see dead people come to life. Wow. Do you know what a responsive reading is? You know what that is? Like I read something and you respond. You guys are smart enough to figure that out, okay? So that's how we're going to land this plane. See 1 John 4 19? I'm going to read the first part, okay? And then you're going to respond with the second part. You can do that, right? And what's going to happen, I'll read, I'll read the first part and add one word to it, okay? And then you'll give the second part, okay? All right, let's do this. We love Jesus. We love one another. We love the lost. Uh, let's do that one more time. We love Jesus. We love one another. We love the lost. Oh, aren't you glad he did? Let's pray. Jesus, we are so glad you first loved us. When we were so unlovely, you put on flesh, you lived, you took our place on the cross, you died in our place, you rose. You sent someone to share, you sent your Holy Spirit to draw us to you, thank you. And listen, if you're here today because the Spirit of God is drawing you to Jesus, maybe for the first time you've understood the gospel and you'd like to leave here right with God, won't you tell Jesus, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. I, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. I want you to come in and be my Savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if you've done that for the first time, won't you mark it on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. Jesus, I pray that as we spent this time with you and your word, that your Holy Spirit would fall fresh on us. And in those here today, we've lost our wow. We've lost that wow of our love for you and for one another in the loss. Lord, that you would restore that wow. Wow, you love us. Wow, we're forgiven. Thank you. 
And Lord, I pray for those who've never lost their wow, that all of this week we would cultivate, we would cultivate our love for you. We would cultivate our love for one another. We would cultivate our love for the lost. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.